We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in Max's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody do another edition of the Rock Pile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. In studio with us tonight, Doctor Kyle Trimble. It's always funny. Like there's a doctor. It's like it's like it's like we know doctors and lawyers, and then when you're sitting down drinking with him, you're like, "Fuck, that guy's a doctor. He knows so much more than me." We say the same thing about Mark Smith. <laughs> and knowing Mark, it's surprising he's a lawyer to begin with. Uh, Dr. Kyle Trimble from his publication, BangedUpBills.com. You've heard him on Joe Marino's podcast. You've heard him. Uh, you are really making the rounds, sir. First of all, congratulations. Congratulations on the growth of your brand. Every every single time, it just some new opportunity comes up and just try to take advantage of it. I, I, I love the fact that like it started with just like, hey, you think that that soft tissue injury thing is cool. I'd like to help. Yeah. And then you caught the itch. Yep, I did. Hey, think about it. I've been coming down here in some fashion with you guys for seven fucking years. What? We're, can you believe that? Seven years? Like, what the hell? Somebody's <laughs> let me do that. My wife and, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Next well, month, next month is our birthday. Were Jesus. You, here's a question. You, you married, right? Mm-hmm. At the time when the podcast, when you started joining us for podcasts, you were married, but you No, guys, I wasn't even married. I was just, uh, I was engaged at that time. Okay. Then, so you yeah. weren't even married yet. Correct. And, we like I remember helping you move in that snowstorm. Yep. And then like Jesus Christ, dude, we've been around for a while. Yeah. So it's you know, I got engaged. I was engaged by the time I met you guys. And I've since gotten married, moved out to the country, uh had three kids. You a lot of peaches. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> All right. Hey, peaches come from a can. <clears throat> they were yes. put there by a man. In a factory downtown. <laughs> um so, dude, well, I, I'm just laughing about this because you were the first one. You were the one who popped uh, the cherry in terms yep. of my wife being like, 
Wait a minute, let me get this straight. There's a man who you only know from the internet who's coming to our home. And I was like, you know, when you say it like that. Yep. yep. Come on. Hey, and she, she's going to love me when you get home because I brought you guys eggs for my fucking chickens. How crazy is that? He doesn't live that far. I think it's one of the beauties of Buffalo. You can get outside like the the resident. You go from city to suburbs really quickly. Oh, yeah. And you go from suburbs to like rural area just as quickly. Absolutely. I think it adds to the city's charm because realistically, like, I grew up out in the sticks and I was only a half hour away from downtown Buffalo. Like, I've been out there. There's nothing much, there's not much out there. No, there, there is not. But I guess it's, all of this is to say we are fucking old. And I'll tell you this, I feel it, right? Like, (laughs) the theme of tonight's show, we're talking about OTAs starting, but we're talking about things on the injury front because as we alluded to in our earlier podcast this week, that might be the only thing I really give a shit about at this point. Look, I'm 38 years old. Picked up softball. I just took Iowa. What I from September to September, I stopped working out because I was in the middle of moving, and just never picked it back up until like probably about two, really in earnest, probably about three four weeks ago. Falling asleep on the couch almost every single night just because the kids have me so tired. I fall asleep. My wife can't wake me up, and I wake up at like two three a.m. awkwardly, kind of crunched in the corner. I just. I'm in rough shape. (laughs) I had my wife trying to crack my back the other night, and the thing I was asking her to pop, she put. I was like, "You need to lean in with both palms and all your weight." And something in my like upper shoulder made a sound, and she jumped off me with her hands and goes, "Oh my god, that was so gross!" (laughs) And I I laughed because I go, "That felt amazing." Mm -hmm. And she said, "You creak like an old pirate ship." (laughs) (laughs) Like. Here, what can a guy my age do to avoid having to become a patient of yours in the next four or five years? Bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Is, as I say, is there any uh, any remedies you would prescribe? Any stretching? Anything uh, in your professional opinion? Or am I just fucked? Uh, well, you you're probably fucked. But I mean, <laughs> most of the people are playing the things you're complaining of. I would certainly you know think about getting some type of exercise regimen or stretching, something to stay active because if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's what happens with these people. They just think they can go be weekend warrior kind of guys and then they pay for it later on. I look at guys like Chris and I go, the fucking dad bod supreme over here somehow is in way better actual physical health than me. Because he plays roller hockey. Yeah. I got a game on Wednesday. I'm going to kill it. But yeah, I don't, you know, I get by by not working out. Hockey is my only level of exercise that i get that and then well, now, that's actually now pretty that good gets compared to the general population though so yeah you're now, okay doing that now that we're at peak summer shirtless at the waterfront get ready oh my god people if you see him out there feel free uh a la big daddy to just throw a stick in front of him please so we're here we're talking about bill's injuries heading into otas and it's one of those things I think really is one of the more interesting talking points because you're talking about a team that doesn't really have a whole lot else going on, right? Like, there's not a whole lot else around this team at this point. Again, you're a highly veteran team. There's only a handful of positions that are truly up for grabs. Right now, you pretty much know where everyone's playing. Yeah. So with it in mind, you know, you don't have a new quarterback. You don't have any new coaches added to the staff this year that are going to be calling plays or doing anything significant to make an impact. I mean, maybe the safeties coach, but you won't see his impact until games actually start being played. Yep. So I, I don't know. Like I just, 
any new guys you bring in are just filling in some roster spots, but you're not revamping the entire team. You're bringing a lot of guys back. They just signed uh, Dean Marlowe you know, on mm-hmm. Monday evening and then some other undrafted free agent tight end. But it's like you're not bringing in these huge stars. You know, Every once in a while they do that. But generally it's bring back the old crew and add in when you need to. And let's try to run. T- let's take another run at this thing. <clears throat> we, we tweaked a few things. We made a few minor changes. Let's try this thing again. Uh, minor changes, not you know, middle linebacker notwithstanding, which is going to be a, like that's going to be one of the interesting things at camp is to see how that shakes out. But by and large, I think for my money, the health of the team right now at this stage of the offseason is probably the only thing I care about. And the Bills do have some interesting conversations there because I it starts with tight end Dalton Kincaid. He's a tight end. The Bills drafted in the first round, which is, has been widely debated, hotly hotly contested on this podcast, um, talked about on sports radio in the national media. The investment made not just to draft a wide a tight end in the first round, but to trade up for a guy who, in some cases, like there were, t- there there started to come out talks after the draft that there was teams, and even kind of in the run up to the draft, you heard a little bit of it. This idea that his back injury and just some of the stuff that he had dealt with after the collegiate season, kind of down the stretch there, led to some teams lowering him on their board, which seems crazy because you'd think by now teams would have learned. Like, there's the whole Gronk thing. Here's this tight end that everyone says, well, he's athletic, he can do this, he makes all these crazy catches, he's a decent blocker, although Kincaid's not, maybe not, I'm not calling him Gronk by any stretch. But it was the discourse that, well, we're going to downgrade him a little bit. And it's the kind of thing that leads you to drafting a guy like Terrell Troop or a guy (laughs) like just any number of guys like that who you go, well, this guy has injuries and this guy doesn't. And I like that guy. And then that player, Terrell Troop, never plays a snap for you. Or I shouldn't say that. He played a season with mediocrity, back injury. They go, well, he'll rebound. No, he didn't. In the words of Russell Brown, he wasn't very fucking good. No, he wasn't very fucking good, and he wasn't very fucking healthy, and then he wasn't here for very long. So when you see a guy with, especially who plays a skill position like that, being downgraded like that, and it uh, to the degree that it affects the way teams view him as a prospect, not even like, hey, he can't contribute immediately, we think that it hurts his ability to perform, and thus we're going to lower his draft stock. Does it give you any concern knowing what the injury is and having done your research on it? No, it doesn't. Um, so Don Kincaid, I, I do some work for Cover One every year uh, on draft prospects with injury problems that the Bills might be targeting. One of those guys was Dalton Kincaid. I did some other ones. You can go over Cover One if you want to check it out. But he had a pretty clean injury history, other than the back injury. And you know, some people really they 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 put more stock into the back injury than it really was, and so. You know, you can go read it over cover one if you want to, but I can also listen to the podcast and figure out what the heck happened. So he had two injuries in college. You know, he started out at San Diego, um, you know, the FCES level, and then transferred to Utah. And he has suffered a right AC joint sprain. I saw in video just he fell on it hard. That happens yeah. all the time. The other one was a back injury. And so you're looking through and figure out what's going on, the timeline, whatnot. Based off what I found, and actually did find video of the injury, he was playing against, I believe it was uh, Colorado. Basically, what happened was he fell, and he had Colorado defender fall on his legs and kind of crunch him up, and that kind of mechanism suggested a compression fracture in his uh, vertebrae. Um, 
the uh, Dane Brugler from the Athletic had noted that it was a thoracic area, which is pretty common. So that's mid back and mm-hmm. the compression fracture. You see these type of injuries in old ladies, old ladies with osteoporosis, and I, you know, that, that's just the reality of it. They happen with you know your bone softening; they're not as strong as they used to be. You bend over, you do something, and you kind of hear pop, crack, and don't think anything of it. And then you get an x-ray and realize, oh, you know, that's, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the compression fracture is where the vertebral body, that part that bears the weight so you can stand up and do everything else there, that there's like a wedge and it, it cracks. And so like you think about like a hockey puck or something else like that, but there's like a compression in the front or back. It depends on which, however you do it. And it kind of compresses down due to the osteoporosis or trauma, in this case, the dog kid. And it kind of just compresses and it's technically a fracture, but it's non-displaced. Mm-hmm. So he actually played the next game after this, after he played against uh, Colorado and I think in the Pac-12 game and then got through it and I mm-hmm. realized, oh, this is what's going on. But this is the kind of injury that you're not going to pick up right away. It's going to say, hey, this is not getting any better. It hurts. You can do certain movements. You think, oh, okay, it might stretch it out or whatnot. And then do imaging and say, oh, this is what's going on. So in real bad cases, you can do a kyphoplasty, which basically they just uh, surgically renormalize the height of the vertebral body. But in this case, it, it didn't have that problem, and he's able to heal up and just take that time off to, to you know not practice everything else mm-hmm. with that. So there's zero concern with the injury moving forward with this. It was just kind of a freak that happened. And then on top of that, too, even if he had had a back injury, Eric, I mean, he'd had back injury coming into the draft there. The research was pretty good. I mean, yeah, shorter career length by like 0.3 years, played four or five less games over the career, and then you know started less of them. However, that was with like spondylolisthesis, uh, back fusions. Um, so much more aggressive injuries. Yes, yeah. So this is very, very minor. So like okay. he didn't fit any of that stuff. Well, and, he looked fine at minicamp, and yeah. that's the thing. So when I see this and I hear all this talk about Dalton Kincaid and concern about that aspect of who he is as a prospect here for the Buffalo Bills, I just think to myself, I watched the guy do the things, run around, catch balls. He doesn't look like he's moving with any discomfort. No, he had not knocked some rust off, he said, but that was it. Yeah. So with that in mind, there's probably nothing on this front we have to be concerned no, about. No, absolutely not. Point. He's been a healthy guy. I mean, he the type of injuries, they said the shoulder injury, those happen. You find any player that's had some type of AC joint sprain. And the back injury, it just it's a freak thing that happened. You know, no big deal. And you know, with that, too, um, he just... I, I don't get why any teams downgrade them. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they all have different criteria. The Bills, they have certain criteria, which they stay away from more of the soft tissue stuff early on. They stay away from more of the ACLs, the big rotator cuff stuff, like anything that can really cause problems down the line. And they follow that for the past six years. It's, it's incredible how consistent they are with what they pick with their draft picks. So uh, Dalton Kincaid fit right into that profile, what they're looking for, and he follows what they want to do. So I have no concerns with them other than, I mean, injuries do happen, but nothing pre-existing is going to lead to anything else there. Now, how does that logic, because you're saying, oh, it fits into the things the Bills want to do. How does Justin Shorter fit into that? <laughs> because this guy, if, to talk about it, like, oh, he had this one injury and it was kind of minor. It's not a big deal. He had this other thing and really it's more is being made out of it than whatever. Justin Shorter was taken off the field in a neck brace, taken to a hospital. That was back in 2020, 2021. Uh, yeah, let me see what I had because everything everything that you want to read is so, about bangedupbills.com. You know, yeah. selfless plug here. Twenty twenty one, he was he, he was carted off a field. Yep, during the Gasparilla Bowl. Then, as a senior, there was soft tissue injuries. It was yep. hamstring related. There yep. was a knee injury. It's first of all, 
knee injury first, then hamstring injury. That seems pretty common, doesn't it? Like, um, it depends. I mean, he had dislocated patella in the preseason at Penn State, which mm-hmm. that's I've had that before. It's one of those free things that that didn't lead to the hamstring thing later mm-hmm. on. But you see the hamstring strains and other soft tissue stuff and more of the speed guys, you know, cornerbacks, wide receivers. You know, so like in that. a short college career playing for both Penn State and then for Florida University, where he was their number one receiver. Yep. A lot of time missed. Uh, yeah. Uh, stra- you know, people, well, people, well, people look 13 at 13 games over five seasons. Okay. 13, which in college, though, is a lot. Like, if you think about what the collegiate season is, it's 12 games. Yep. And so you say to yourself, if out of 12 games and he missed how many? 13. 13. So he missed a whole season's worth of play mm-hmm. cumulatively over his career. Mm-hmm. And also some of those injuries, like you could say, well, a hamstring strain, that's going to happen to players. Yeah. A patellar dislocation, you go, okay, that had to be surgically repaired. Um, I didn't see or whether he did. Well, um, that was going to be my question to you. Yeah. Was it He sur- did. He did require, or no, he, he did not. It wasn't okay. clear whether he required it. Perfect. You see those things and you say to yourself, I can see if a team was looking at injury history because yep. the talk after the draft was, wow, the Bills got another steal of a wide receiver in the fifth round. Here's a guy who could have been drafted higher had it not been for X. You know, for Khalil Shakir last year, the talk was, well, his size, they don't know if the size will translate to the same style of collegiate play. So there was teams that just said, listen, we have a late fifth on him, but he could be a fourth. If we didn't like a guy as much or more, we would have taken him in the fourth round. We might have taken him in the third round if two guys who we didn't like more on our board hadn't been there. He would have been the pick there. So there's... It wasn't a disrespect for his skill set. It was just something that he did or something his ma- in his makeup that didn't jive with the team, the 31 other teams in the NFL that had a crack at him first. Yeah, pass over four times each by each team. So with that in mind, <clears throat> Justin Shorter was a guy who I think if he had come out of the draft earlier, there was more hype about him earlier in his career. You watch him fall all the way to the fifth round, but he's got a, a long injury history, yeah. and here the Bills are taking him. Well, after the th- third round and beyond, it's kind of a free-for-all. I mean, yeah. the first, second round, they're very conservative with it. They have an idea, and it's worked out for the most part. I mean, there's every once in a while there's an exception. But after the third round, they take a swing at traits. They look at you know injury history, and there's certain guys that they still pass on based on whatever mm-hmm. stuff. And you'll see the league reflect that when they're doing the drafting. But nothing really stood out other than the knee injury, and that was back in you know 2018. Okay. Um, so, like, yeah, at some point, it... it the injuries are going to happen, but how frequently are they happening? How recent are they? You know, how does it affect them? So at that point, it's like, okay, well, whatever. But here's what I want to see because I'm going to pull it up right now. So Justin Shorter, when, the thing that everyone liked, they were like, oh my God, a big physical wide receiver who, you know, like, I'm just, I'll just go. Haven't we had other big physical wide receivers that haven't panned out, though? I mean, it's Yes, just, we've taken a million of yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And everyone kept saying, like, oh, it's Gabe Davis 2.0. It's them hedging their bets in case they, it's it's a sign they're not going to pay him. Chris, isn't that always the knee-jerk reaction from fans? They go, well, this guy is obviously the next insert whoever you don't want your team to pay here, right? Yeah, you got to <clears throat> replenish in the draft at certain positions you're not going to pay. All right, so let's the the thing that I look at though is this idea that at six foot four, you know, two twenty three, they're talking mm-hmm. about him as a special team. They're like, oh, a special teams weapon to start, and then we'll see what we do with him. I just question the idea of if you ever want this guy to be something for your offense, 
a guy with even a slight injury history when it comes to the knees and the soft tissues is spending the early portion of his career on special teams duty necessarily good for that? I would say that it gets you out in the field, um, you know, allows you to develop your skills. And we've seen a lot well, of guys. Skills, run and tackle? Oh, and that's yeah. my argument with this is I go, here's a guy who has an injury history. And you get I, you get him practicing the offense. You get him out there. Get used to it. Because I mean, if you get him right out there, I mean, we saw with sure Cleo you Shakur, get him out with the offense. Yeah, yeah. But if you saw with Cleo Shakur, they didn't use him all last year, and then suddenly you try to get him out there when it really mattered. He wasn't able to. That's prepare. a fair point. That is a so, fair point. You get him out there practicing with the team, and you slowly introduce you know opportunities for him to get out there and play in the offense. But that's how a lot of guys get their you know start their careers on special teams, and they build up after that. So, I mean. Who's expecting a fifth round draft pick to walk off and you know be wide receiver two for the team? I mean, maybe back ten years ago when EJ Manuel was here, but I mean, really, but there, there's other reasons. Ah, you got to invoke that name on my course. goddamn. But podcast. there's other reasons why Justin Shorter dropped to the fifth round. Injuries aside, yes, that's fair. I mean, I'm reading this now at thedraftnetwork.com. Transitioning to the NFL, Shorter has the size and traits to potentially transition to tight end. You know, he don't was fucking a, say that to he, me. He was a cheeseburger away from 250, according to James Franklin. Did you see that? And then I saw the picture, and I was like, remember, "Eat the cheeseburgers, eat the cheeseburgers you want, man." Chris, do you remember the? Uh, yeah, you know who they said that about? Remember when they said uh, Kelvin Benjamin yeah. was one Popeye's biscuit yep. away from being a tight end? Yep. Think back. I'm going to pull it up, Chris. For the people watching on YouTube, I'm, I'm going to send you this picture. You need to make it the inlay as I'm talking about this. Kelvin Benjamin Fat. <laughs> there it is. Look at that. Look at that photo. He's pouring out of that jersey. Now there's a difference between Kelvin Benjamin playing at that weight and Justin Shorter, who is rocked up. That Bills picture below looks makes him look a little heavier. Th- yep, that one. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Like even the tapering on the jersey can't help him there. Well, the, the Bills one's more accurate because that Panthers one was when he was in the league. Like, that's when he was like good, and then he just started. I don't know. Yeah, but but so that that was the thing is it's like not everybody's built the same. Chris, it's that idea of like Puna Ford. Me and Puna Ford used to be the same size. Am I Puna Ford? No. <laughs> no, I got beat up in a Denny's parking lot. You know who that wouldn't happen to? <laughs> Puna Ford. Although you should have seen the size of this guy, but with that aside, so so Justin Shorter, you you're confident that he's fairly healthy. We don't have to worry about recurrences of what plagued him coming into the season. He's going to be healthy, but whether he has further issues isn't going to surprise me if he does have that. I mean, you always see some guys coming in to have hamstring as they're ramping up. I mean, they don't have any time to rest and recover during the draft process. I mean, think about it. They get done with the season. They go right in the Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, whatever. And then That's they go into point. the draft. They're always constantly training. They have to do the, the draft combine in February. And then a lot of times they do the pro day or sometimes guys sit on the the combine performance. And then they're traveling all a bunch. They don't, and then they go right into you know mini camp, OTAs. They never really get any time to train or uh, relax and whatnot until you get to July. So you're going from probably August until June of the entire year if you're, you know, drafted at UDFA, whatever. So there's never really that time to rest and recover. And, of course, any guy that's been in the league game for a year, they have, you know, time in, you know, January, February if they don't make playoffs, and they get a little time in March. And even those OTAs during phase one phase two are very, very light. But those guys don't understand how to take care of their bodies 
uh, like the professionals do. And it's just they different haven't, mindset. Yeah. They haven't been in the pro program. Yeah. They, they haven't worked with NFL strength trainers and they don't know how to prepare to be a pro because well, no what you don't know them. is what yeah. you don't know. You don't yeah. know what you, you don't know. What you, it's the thing I always tell people in just in business. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. Yeah. And usually once you know it, like that process is usually never easy. It's <laughs> always, it's never like, Hey, I'm going to give you the manual on how to avoid defaulting on your loans. <laughs> no, what's going to happen? Cause you're going to say to yourself, we'll pay your bills. That should yeah. happen. Yeah. And then I go, okay, but interest rates. And then, you know, if it's a variable interest rate, you need to be aware of this. You yep. need to know what it is you're signing up for. Yep. If there's tiered interest on something, like mm-hmm. there's all kinds of things. And if you just say, well, I took out a bunch of loans and I started a company. It'll be fine. I'll just pay my bills. <laughs> ah, you, you, you don't know what you don't know yep. until the day you know it. And if I have taxes, what quarterly? And there's so many other different things. The difference to between in. fixed costs, hard costs, and yep. soft costs. Like yep. there's things like you don't know what you don't know until exactly. the day you find out. And unfortunately, most people don't learn it the easy way. No, they don't. Which they is somebody don't. sitting in front of you and telling you about it. Yep. You have to. You have to suffer a little bit. Well, even with these guys, you you can be told everything to do. You have all this veteran leadership saying, hey, to do this, do this. And you think, ah, nothing of it. And then these guys go through the same pitfalls, whether it's financially, injuries, how to prepare. It's like... Financially, Jesus Christ, just go watch 30 for 30's Broke. Exactly. I I watch that at least once a year. I'll just be drunk sitting on the couch tonight. My kids are in bed. My wife's asleep. And I'm just down there with like eight beers, nine beers in me. Yep. And I go, you know what? I want to watch this because it still blows my mind how some of these people, Chris, what would you do? You know, flashing your cash over here like Ted DiBiase every week. Uh, what would you do if you were gifted a contract? Not gifted. You earned a contract. I don't want to be insulting. You earned yourself a contract to play one year of a sport, and they said, we'll pay you $1.6 million to do it. What's the first thing you would do with that money? Uh We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'd probably put it in the bank and save it. Mm. That's what I would do. I wouldn't go buy a house or well, what you, anything. What like you probably that. want to do is get something a little more secure that yields a little more interest, like a CD. I mean, because you don't need the money. Yeah. So, or you, or or like an IRA. 
You roll it into there, it'll make you a little bit of money. Over time, it starts a nest egg. There's things you could do, but the idea is nobody tells you that when no. you're a 23-year-old fucking kid, so instead you have to go broke. Well, they might tell you, but they're not listening. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to tell what, you. Think about it. What, what early 20s, you know, late teens, what, who's going to be listening? Hey, I mean, my dad told me at the age of 16, hey, it's not a good idea to go mm-hmm. more than 10 miles an hour over the speed limit. My very first speeding ticket, the first one I ever got in my entire life, I was doing 103 miles an hour on the thruway, and the cop flat, the trooper flat out told me, he goes, son, if I write you for this, they're going to take your license away. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm stone sober. It's broad daylight. It just got away from me. He's like, that can't happen. <laughs> That's not a thing that can happen. And I go, you know, my dad did warn me about this once, I think. <laughs> So, so how old were you, you said when this happened? Oh, uh, I was a freshman in college, okay. so I would have been 18. So 18, you're what, 350, you said, whatever? Yeah. I can only imagine what the cop is thinking when he sees your fat ass in the driver's seat. <laughs> giving that, that grin. Get well, no, get, giving that And you, you smile at him with those teeth. What is he thinking? I mean. He's probably, his first thought is probably, how did he get this car up to that <laughs> speed while he's inside of it? <laughs> Up top, solid slam. I love it. (laughs) Nothing's better than a good roast. So let's pivot to talking about a guy who actually is an NFL pro and does know how to prepare and do all the things for his body in Jordan Phillips, who was, again, another guy that we desperately missed down the stretch of last season. The guy separates his shoulder in that New England game. Oh, he did way worse than that. He tore his rotator cuff. I'm pretty sure he tore his labrum. I mean, he just... He flopped like a fish. I mean, I don't know what happened. He fell over, but he did some damage to that shoulder. So now his shoulder is fucked. And as a guy with two bad shoulders, so I've got rotator cuff damage in my left one. I have a labrum tear in my right. And the the, the right one is the one that really hurts. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I, I no longer can bench press because if I try to do it with my elbows too far in, but I'm also, because my arms are so long, I have to do wide grip. So with my elbows in or the way you have to kind of line up to do a wide grip bench press, when I try to push like that, it puts too much strain on my shoulder. Because yep, your arm's in that external, you're getting that external rotation, so that pushes the yep. interior. Yep. And so when you try to do that with weight on it, I could bench press, you know, like I was talking, I was joking with Reed about it. It's like, I could do 225, but the second, I'm like, I can do it. But the second my body says, well, that's one too many. Yep. I can't drive with my right hand because I can't lift my arm up to make a left hand turn. So now I'm stuck driving for a week and a half like this because this just hurts too badly to do anything with. It's not worth it. So I don't do it anymore. I wrap slow weights. Well, then there's a lot that I have to try to do differently in order to compensate for that. A guy like Jordan Phillips, now obviously he had surgery to try to fix these things. Correct. What is his timetable to recovery? And how do you think that'll factor into how you see the Bills work him in this offseason? So the rotator cuffs are four or six months. Sometimes you see a little bit more. I mean, they said rotator cuff. I'm pretty sure he had labrum and other damage in there. Because mm-hmm. he, he even said, he goes, rotator cuff and a bunch of other stuff, which usually okay, means so, more stuff. So yada, yada, yada. At, yeah. That's exactly. yada, yada, yada. Oh, I hurt my rotator cuff and yada, yada, yada. I'm going to be up for six months. Exactly. So I don't foresee him practicing with OTAs because, I mean, it's all voluntary if he's even going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mandatory minicamp. Maybe it just might depend on what it is, but I find that if anybody's close with that stuff, they, they just say forget it. Yeah, which, which is smart. Approach. Why get out there for three practices a hit, and then at that point you wouldn't say anything back. But if you cause soreness, because what it's just like just keep them out. 
But it shouldn't really affect him for training camp. He should be able to pass a physical and whatnot. My concern initially after was I didn't know when he had the surgery. Sometimes guys put that off for a little bit whatnot. Mm-hmm. But they had said that he had had surgery, and Brandon B came out and said that around the draft there. Or excuse me, uh, the combine. So it's just a matter of knowing when he had that. But that's kind of stuff you want to get done right away. So if there are complications, you still have that window to kind of work on that. Because I've mm-hmm. dealt with people with labrum tears, rotator cuff tears, serious shoulder surgeries. And sometimes it's not uniform that that progress that rehab isn't linear so sometimes you have to account for that and we even saw that with uh, Ike Bacher last year his Achilles he had a setback with that yep. so you want to get the surgery right away sometimes it's for the best outcomes and also too in case there are setbacks you can account for that and then you're not losing time uh, we saw it with Michael Thomas of the Saints he kept on putting surgery off surgery off they missed all season and now he's just a former shell of himself well we can't afford to have that for a guy as impactful as Jordan Phillips especially because I see a future Chris they're like You've seen Ed Oliver's tweets. I don't think Ed Oliver is going to be long for the Buffalo Bills. I think I think this is where you see a GM who goes, listen, I've done the thing of signing my stars to long-term contracts. My stars. These mediocre guys who are destined to get overpaid, I'm willing to play comp pick bingo and say, hey, go sign a f- giant contract somewhere else. Yep. Tremaine Edmonds might have been more of just a, hey, who do we value more? You or Matt Milano, because we can't have both. They pick Matt Milano. Because he's he's an all-pro. He is yep. the most important linebacker on our team. With Ed Oliver, there are a lot of times he gets overshadowed by Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips and some of these other... Now Puna Ford's thrown into the mix. Like yep. He all of a sudden is not the best defensive tackle in that room. No. Arguably the best three-tech, but at the same time, I wish he played with the same aggression and the same... Just, just the same temp. I don't know what you want to call it. Temper. The same. Uh, he played at the same speed that Jordan Phillips did. Because if you if you could make those two players to stick them together like Voltron, you'd yep. have you would have an amazing de tackle. And you got to give that to Jordan Phillips. I mean, he has a hot motor. He was. That's why he injured his hamstring early in the season against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, he was blocking. That's why he was blocking on an interception. <laughs> that's why he hurt his shoulder trying to chase that Mac Jones. Now I don't know why he fell when he tried to chase him because it was. It wasn't a broken play, but it was like, what are you doing? But still, he was in the play. And you always say, play to the whistle, play the whistle. That's what he did. And I commend him for that. I love that. And also, there's another thing I love about him. And guys, go check it out for yourself. Go to YouTube. When he did his introductory presser to come back to Buffalo, the first thing I said is, he sounds like Dave Chappelle doing his white guy impression. <laughs> like There's something about the way he talks that it just sounds like Dave Chappelle doing his white guy impression. Yep. And it's funny. Mm-hmm. Like That made me laugh. He's a, he's clearly a very smart guy. He's a very aggressive guy. The way he plays the game, like I love Jordan Phillips. Yep. And I, like I said, if you're talking about the fact that he, you've got a tackle in at Oliver who might not be long for this team, you want to be very careful with how you handle a guy like Phillips who's a little older, but he's still got some road left. Oh yeah. He might be your stopgap. You know, you sign him to another one year deal because you don't have the cap space, but maybe at the end of next season he gets a little pay bump. Yeah, and maybe that's the thing is they say, look, until we draft another great three tech, we know that there's a learning curve there. We've now learned our lesson that even taking one in the top ten doesn't get you a guaranteed every game impact player. Let's take a guy we know, let's extend him, let's give him a little bit of money and security for the end of his career, and then let's use this as a runway to get us to the next guy. So I expect them to be a little conservative. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking back with you said Ed Oliver not being a top. You know, they I don't say they're a mistake, but it's like. At the time, he was a surefire bet. Like he was a great guy coming out. Sure. And just uh, Jeffrey Simmons would have been better in hindsight, but he was coming off his ACL tear. He suffered during training, 
it's like, but that that goes back to that wouldn't have fit the prerogative of what the Bills wanted. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame him for pass on Simmons. I mean, that was a great steal for the Tennessee Titans. But it's like you're drafting people. You don't know how they're going to respond in situations. And Ed, I think, has done okay, but he hasn't lived up to that top ten billing. But it's it's sometimes hard to. But if Ed Oliver's a second round draft pick like Jordan Phillips was, okay, it's a totally different conversation. Exactly. So. And it's also just in terms of what D tackle contracts like just like Simmons yeah. just signed. You're talking about night and day yeah. in terms of the what you're willing to pay for that type of production. <clears throat> Absolutely. Now, in the movie Home Alone, in the movie Home Alone, uh, Harry, right? Okay. Joe yep. Pesci. It's Harry. What's Harry and Marv? I think so, yeah. Okay, because I was say, I watch this it's, every it's, Christmas now. It's been a while since I've watched it. It's been but. a while. I watch it once a year, every year Christmas. Harry and Lloyd, uh, mm-hmm. Harry and uh, they're sitting in the truck. Harry and Marv. Harry and Lloyd is Dumb and Dumber. He's Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. I get these two, <laughs> these duos confused. What I know is that they referred to the McAllister house as the Silver Tuna. They were like, that's the that's the one in the block. It's the one I've had my fucking eyes on since we started working in this neighborhood, and I want it. I can taste it. That's how I feel about these next two players. They are our Silver Tunas in terms of injury news and injury. Mm-hmm. The first one is defensive end Von Miller. How much do you expect him to be involved at all in this OTA minicamp? Because I will say, I think it's incredible. The videos of him already doing, like, what, what do they call those? Is, is it like a lunge? Um, he had, what, the uh, Bulgarian split squats, yes. I think it was? Yeah, that, that was impressive. And then he was also pulling the, I don't know how much weight it was, but he was pulling it backwards. And I like mean, He's already anchoring and putting weight on that leg, and it's, like... There's some things you just can't teach, right? We always talk about that with sports. We go, well, that guy has something you can't teach. Exactly. He has that freak gene. Yeah. Whether it's speed, whether it's the way they see the game, whether yep. the way the, Tom Brady. Yep. Never a physical specimen. No. Between the years, there wasn't anybody sharper about the game of football than Tom Brady. It's why no one could. It's why no one could get one over on that guy. And when you did, you felt like you won the lottery. Yeah, that's really what it was. With a guy like Von Miller, here's a guy who already tore an ACL. But also that gives him a little bit of knowledge yep, as far as here's how you rehab from an ACL. Yep. Also, though, a guy at his age coming back from an ACL tear shouldn't be that fluid. And yet here he is doing work. Would you say he's ahead of schedule? Just by I, what you've seen, does it seem like he's maybe getting a little bit? And is there any fear that maybe he's doing too much too soon? I need another beer before I finish these thoughts here. All and right. by the way, Chris, that was an excellent old fashioned. I don't even know what I forgot what nut syrup I used. Go in. ahead and get yourself a Montucky. His fridge has a whole like the shelves are just simple syrups and other syrups like that. I'm like <laughs> I couldn't get away with that in my house. It'd be kid stuff and everything else but my stuff. But yeah, my fridge now. I have one. I have one shelf to myself, and it's all hot sauce. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get that. So anyway, so go back to the question since I need a new beer for that. That Cheers. tastes good. That tastes very good. Like so that. I don't know that Vaughn is ahead of schedule. Um, he said he's even on schedule. He says he's able to be cleared for golf a few months ago. We, we saw him out in the course on you know Twitter, Instagram, you know playing golf. That's fine. That's not hugely stressful on knee up to a certain point. Like once yeah. you get to that point, hey, you're good to go then. Um, I don't know that he's ahead of schedule. Yeah, it's impressive to watch him do those squats, but it's all in one plane of motion. We need to see how he moves laterally, how he's running, okay. how he's doing all that stuff. So keep in mind, and I, I get people pissed off on Twitter when I posted this, um, rare for my account, but 
Yeah, I'm no stranger to that. <laughs> so knowing that, Trent Murphy was squatting like 600 plus pounds, you know, six months out from his surgery. Harris Hilton was doing everything on, you know, the bills are they're chronicling, they're, they're, they're documenting everything with that. And so, like, yeah, it's all impressive what he's doing, but how is that translate to the football field? We haven't seen him do that, that stuff yet. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we'll see that even during mini camp. We, we won't see that during mini camp. We won't see that during OTAs. It's great that he's out there. I think it's part of the veteran leadership there. Mm-hmm. But until he gets out in training camp and doing some stuff, we'll see what happens. And, you know, go back to the on schedule thing. It seems like he's on schedule. He might be, you know, a week or two ahead, but that's that's all relative. Okay. You know, okay, so good. it's not like he's he's going to come back. I mean, his first ACL tear, he came back in like eight eight months and three weeks, and it was it was crazy because he tore later in the season than he did this time, and he came back quick, and it was like still like second on Team All Pro. It was impressive. <laughs> that's but that was that, ten but years that, ago. But that's that freak thing I'm talking about where there's just some people. It's like Chris. It's like me with drinking. People watch and go, "Well, you shouldn't be able to drink that much and still function." It's why none of you ever know how much I've had to drink. Exactly because some of us just have that. Fr- the well, what does Burt Kreischer call it? The Mickey Mantle gene. Yeah, <laughs> some of us just. <laughs> have the Mickey Mantle gene when yep. it comes to different things. Mine happens to be consuming alcohol. Yep. I can do it at a rate that would astound people, and yet I can sit here like I'm sober and have a conversation with you. Or at least you go, well, that guy's feeling pretty good. He's got a little bit of a buzz, but he's not slurring his words. His his motor skills aren't impaired. Meanwhile, I'm on nine. Yeah, exactly. I, I've already blown past most people I'm hanging out with, and nobody knows. <laughs> Some people might say that's a problem. I like to see. I'm all about the silver lining. Exactly, <laughs> silver tuna, silver linings. You know. So, so Von Miller, silver I'm, linings playbook. Oh <laughs> damn it, son of a bitch! So, Von Miller, training camp is probably too optimistic. Then, right? It, it, that he. I've gone back and forth with that. I think they're going to be conservative with it. Cause, I mean, here's I don't, where I, I want it. him to sit until November. That's, that's why I feel it. like, cause I mean, it's a long <laughs> season. And when you see guys come back quickly, I mean, we saw with, you know, they just, any guy that's come back super quick, rarely do they come out and perform and exceed expectations. I mean, Vaughn did it 10 years ago, but that's 10 years ago. I, I graduated <laughs> with my doctorate in PT 10 years ago. I was doing a lot of different things athletically. I was doing a lot of things socially different back than I am now. So, I mean, things change over 10 years. You, it's a long season. You need him for the playoffs. That's where you, you kind of fell short because he wasn't available for that. And you're signing other guys and, and building up that roster to account for the fact that he might not be available then. So, could he come back before you know week one? Yeah, he could. I mean, he did it before, but that's ten years ago, and it's like, okay, what's the point there? You know, last last year when Tre'Davious White he went through his whole thing, I messed up in that I overestimated what the Bills training staff was able to do. I mean, you can't speak biology, but I was like, man, they're, they're doing really well. I was also getting some information here and there, people seeing what Trey was doing outside of camp. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think he's doing that. And, of course, I read into the hype of, hey, he's he's working hard, he's working hard. And then you find out the mental stuff and just, yep. just not being ready in the position demands. It's like, okay, I overestimated that. So a defensive end could come back in reasonable time. But the average time is like 11 months for guys to come back and, and be productive. But when you're looking at a roster construction standpoint – why rush the guy back when you need him for the second half of the season? Yes. And, I mean, unless he really wants to play in London, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just <laughs> – Does any – I will say his doctor has been known to let guys be aggressive and come back. He did the Michael Gallup surgery. He He's done other ones, and I, I have it on the, the my site where, you know, 
kind of the flip side of everything. But it's like you saw Trent Merrifree, you saw Harrison Phillips, you saw Chase Young even last year. He struggled to come back, and he he had a lot of extra damage and whatnot. But it's just like, okay, you're looking for the exception to come yes. back quickly, but do you want be conservative? And, yeah, we do. You want to win a Super Bowl? Well, then guess what? You put this guy in bubble wrap, and you just you trust that your GM has constructed a roster that will allow you to win football games. If you don't have a premier D end, okay, you figure it out then. You make sure that your offense knows that, hey, you're missing a, pro, a star NFL football player. You still got to go win the fucking game. Yep. You have to play the game that's in front of you and go win it. Mm-hmm. That's your job. And if that means that our defense will not be as effective because we don't have great defensive ends. We didn't have great defensive ends when we made the playoffs in 2017. Yep. You have better talent now than you did then. So no excuses. Mm-hmm. You have a better quarterback than you did then. No excuses. We just do it differently. Go win a fucking football game every Sunday. Go out there and play to win. And trust that you've done enough that when this guy is ready, when they are confident that he's ready, he's 100%, he himself believes that he's ready to go. That's when you're rolling out there. And if it's the end of November, I don't give a shit. I don't care what our record is then. Get me in the playoffs and let me put my team against your team with that guy healthy and ready to go. He's going to be chomping the bit. They probably won't make the decision until the last second like they did with Trey White, though I think that they were trying to get Trey White back sooner because, you know, just why not? Because he needed – I would say he was more valuable at that point than – They had a lot of rookies. They had a lot of rookies. He was more needed and they were probably trying to push out whatever they needed to and it just wasn't happening. But Sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, well, in order the, the, the schedule, the first half or the first half of the schedule even isn't that bad. You can kind of get by that back half of the schedule. The last six games is, is pretty tough. And this is my point. So with it in mind, you then turn to the quarterback and go, "Hey, go make this thing run and make it work." And the quarterback is where we're going to end tonight, talking about this projected rehab and just everything he's got going on. Because here's what I look at: I say we've got a quarterback who flat out said. Yeah, they're like, oh, UCL damage. He could. We we heard. I remember that week hearing. Well, he could possibly need Tommy John surgery. And I remember like there being a couple real dark hours after that game when they're like, well, if it's a UCL tear, he's going to need Tommy John. That's a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm staring at the ground. It's like it's like uh, what what is that uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Hello, darkness, my old okay, friend. Okay, okay. I was like, you're going to go right over my head here. With you again. <laughs> so I hear that, and I'm just, and then I go from that to he's fucking playing the next week. I was the one, everyone got mad at me on Twitter. See, we talk about being, people being mad at you on social media. Because I was like, the Bills should absolutely sit this guy for Case Keenum. Oh, yeah. Play Case Keenum. With the outcome we had with Minnesota, yeah, you should have sat him. But Well, I don't no. know, because that wouldn't, might not have been a game. It might not have, but it might have been <laughs> still the same outcome. But you know. but that's it. So, it might, but you don't know because that's a game they could have and should have won if he doesn't fumble yeah. in the end zone. Yeah, yeah, I know. So yeah. with that in mind, he didn't need it, and then I, he wrote it out, but he wasn't the same. No, no, it wasn't the same. And you watched that hurt us. Mm-hmm. And so now you look at it and you go, "Here's a quarterback who decided to play through the UCL tear, whatever grade it was, versus quarterback Brock Purdy." Who we, you know, I was making chili that day. It's like I took this day. My wife was going to be home with the kids. I said, okay, I have three, four hours to just stand in front of a stove and stir a pot and simmer reaper peppers into this thing. <laughs> so we're going to make multiple batches of chili. And 
I was really excited to like, I thought I was going to be running back and forth to the living room. Like, Oh, I'm going to watch the game and then I'm going to watch the chili and watch the game. What's and then Brock Purdy gets hurt and I go up. Oh, that's over. Fuck this thing. I'm just going to stand here and stare into a pot and listen to this nonsense. He had the surgery in the last I read six. He's six months out. No, no. Um, well, from the time of the surgery, oh, yeah. they said six months out. Well, they, they had to delay it because they swallowing and other stuff like that. And they had to delay the start of the yeah. surgery. So because it happened in the postseason and then you have to delay it, now he has it. They were talking about him just not being available this year. Correct. Like, if he is, it won't be until the very – he'll be Ike Bucker. Not available until the final week of the regular season. I don't think it's that bad with him. I'm looking him up right now. Okay. See. But so my question is, when you think about what the UCL – injury is the fact that he was able to play through it the fact that he's already out golfing he's doing things he's being active what do you think it looks like for josh allen in this off-season program at least as far as minicamp and otas are concerned he won't be restricted at all because he had a sprain not a full tear so okay. Brock purdy he had a full tear of the ucl so the difference between the repair and reconstruction and the repairs come in more into vogue. And what happens is they take a what's called internal brace, like a synthetic uh, tissue or um, not substance, but just something synthetic, and it helps reinforce what's already in there. And wait, wait, wait! When you say a substance, so you're going to put like a see? This is why I hate surgery. You you doctors just talk about this shit like <laughs> I don't it's do surgery. Up. So Chris, hey, we're just going to open you up and we're going to put a substance in there. Don't worry, it's going to be fine. I'll, uh, substance I'll take isn't it. The, the the best word I could use there, but they they basically use some type of uh, right, I find extra. Out I find out you Frankenstein here yeah, with a exactly. dead man's tissue, and I go, wait, what? That's what your dentist did with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, there's no corpse on earth that would be caught dead with these teeth. <laughs> so anyway, so what happens is that they put internal brace in there, which is just extra, um, you know, whether it's fiber, it, it's different materials. And what they do is they put it in there and it helps um, reinforce the RA natural UCL. And what happens with the repair is they can go put the ligament back onto the original attachment point, put the brace over it, and that helps kind of heal everything up. The reconstruction is more where you see baseball players who have that slow degrade. Um, the tissue falls apart over time, and it's not necessarily something you know it rips and suddenly you have to fix it all. But okay. the reconstruction is they have to rebuild the whole ligament because it's no longer you know it's just all frayed, it's just all nasty, and just okay. not that good anymore. So that's why uh, Brock Purdy can return the season and be better as a result because. It's a different type of surgery, and they're finding good results with that. But it's just, you know, that's why it takes 18 months for the Tommy John because you have to remodel the actual tissue versus the repair where they have to help reinforce that area. But once they reinforce it and it heals up fine, then you can go play. And of course, the throwing motions of football versus baseball, et cetera. But um, going back to Josh Allen, he won't be restricted at all because he didn't have surgery. He had more of a minor sprain compared to what Brock Purdy had. But you know, I think he's still going to be mindful, and if he has a soreness, get treated. But I, I don't think it's going to give him problems in the next few years. It's probably if he gets another hit to it, or you know, if he gets a lot older, where suddenly that shoulder, that arm is more arthritic. But that's. I mean, I'm just thinking it's his second time hurting that same elbow. Yeah, and yeah, you that's go, a little concerning. I'm sure there's some arthritic changes in there. Um, you know, the only time he would need surgery, I think, short term, is if he did have another worse injury to the area, or if he starts getting some bone chips, say, you know, cartilage floating around yep. there. But like. I don't know. If that happens, it will get cleaned out. That's a pretty quick recovery. Okay. But he's not going to be restricted, but he's just going to be mindful about it. And then hopefully, you know, the offensive line does their job and protect him. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I just tweeted Aaron Quinn today because they were over cover one. The guys were debating this idea of like, 
uh, Spencer Brown looks like the planet right tackle. Like, I don't know what you want to do with that. Back injury history, not liking the way he's built. Like, the fact that he's thin and tall. Like, even, like, he's athletic. Yeah. He's athletic as all get out. Thin and tall makes it harder for you to get, like, it makes it easier for defensive ends to get under you and move you. Now you talk about a back injury. If something like that were to flare up again, Spencer Brown is back injury. Well, he had the herniated disc. He got yep. the microdiscectomy. He got taken care of, and he just never really got back up to speed because he missed a lot of reps and just it took time. Like he, he probably should have had surgery a lot sooner than he. Excuse me, he did. He did, but they he got through the season, and they probably thought he could rehab it, and they never quite got better. He had surgery in May. If he had that surgery in January, we're not having a discussion of how he didn't live mm-hmm. up to it. But he's had a whole bunch of setbacks throughout his career. You know, the missed COVID season, change of positions in college, and just everything else. So I know my buddy Joe Marino is very high on him to kind of break through that third season. I'm feeling that, but if he's finally healthy, I don't see why he can't because he has shown the ability to play, but. You know, the back really sold him up last year, but that goes into even the 2021 season. So, so, so you, but so you're not worried about him either. I mean, it, it can because happen. Because the protection it's, issue is going to be huge because behind him is, I, I said it today in a tweet, Dave Questenberry, because everyone's like, well, what's the answer going to be? They still haven't done it. And I go, guys, you weren't paying attention. They did do it. It's just not a good plan. They said, hey, we like this Dave Questenberry guy, and we also like the fact that he doesn't cost more than $2 million. <laughs> so if Spencer Brown is going to fail, it's because of his talent, not because of his injuries at this point. I'll Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'll drink to that. Yeah. That is a high point to end the podcast on. Vaughn's on the right path. Josh Allen's not going to have restrictions. People believe in the at least the health of Spencer Brown. Yeah. Chris, that's got to leave you feeling pretty good heading into the offseason program. Yeah, can't wait. Just need September to get here. <laughs> He's like, I can't wait. Put a gun in my mouth. I can't listen to any more of this. Yeah. <laughs> The Bills overall are looking pretty good health-wise. There's only going to be a handful of guys not participating. Vaughn Miller, Jordan Phillips. Um, that, that's about it. They signed Dean Marlowe. He should be coming off. He had core muscle repair a few months ago. He injured that in the uh, Cincinnati Bengals game. Um, he should be pretty close to healthy. If not, he might be one that's not participating very close. There's not too many other guys that won't be participating, and if they don't, we'll find out you know, Tuesday when they say he was not participating. But just about everybody should be participating unless they just don't show up to OTAs. I love it. Why don't you tell everybody what you have coming up over at bangedupbills.com? All right, I got everything here. So I got bangedupbills.com. You can find all the injury histories. I got to update a few things there. But you know, if you want to look for anybody, there are any concerns, you have guys – about guys we drafted, guys we signed, whatnot. I did the Shane Wright article that dropped yesterday about his uh, chronic wrist injury that left him to be out of the league for several years. You can find all this over at bangedupbills.com. I started writing for Dynasty League Fantasy, doing some injury content. Um, I signed up for uh, – I got hired by them a few months ago. Uh, you can find my work over at Cover One during the draft process. Uh, you find my appearances over on Locked On Bills with Joe Marino. Um, I just did an appearance with Locked On Patriots with Mike DeBat, uh, Debate, I should say. Debate. Um, debate I will hear debates. nothing else about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> you know, just anywhere you get Bills content, I'm probably there in some fashion. Except um, for Buffalo Rumblings. Yeah, things you evolve. <laughs> no, listen, they're not bad guys. No. Just listen, there, there's a lot of it's shit. It's Vox going. Media that's the problem. And this is. Well, we we could spend three hours talking about why I don't like Vox Media. Guys, it's nothing personal. It's, you know, there's been overtures made before. My hesitation was always, 
I don't dislike Buffalo rumblings. Bruce, I love you. I love these guys. I like yeah, I like all of the people who work for you. It's what Vox. I, what I don't like is what Vox Media as a journalism student. Yeah. I don't like what Vox Media is to journalism because you are taking something that's it's an art and you're trying to make it corporate and you will always pick the dollar. Yeah. Over what the content is, the quality, the spirit of it. You will always. My my favorite quote, everything that is good in this world will inevitably be ruined by some dickhead in a suit chasing a dollar. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, maybe except for this podcast. Yeah, you in a suit has to be with the sleeves cut off. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't have any respect for anybody in a suit unless they have their sleeves. <laughs> the sleeves on the dress shirt are cut off. I don't respect you. I'm already not intimidated. Guys, make sure you're following. Where can they follow you on social media? Banged up bills. Okay, so at Banged everywhere, up bills on Reddit, Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Go check out all of Kyle's work. I love this. I feel better after having this conversation. I feel like I learned a thing or two go- from where I started this morning when I woke up. I think that's the purpose of the show, isn't it, Chris? Yep. Then we did our job. Let's get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. It's Kyle Trimble. This has been your Rock Pile Report.